I was in the running for vice president. It came down to me and Mike Pence, and he selected uh, Governor Pence. And, and I love Governor Pence, and I think he was a good choice. Mm-hmm. Um, I was then in the running for attorney general. He picked Jeff Sessions. But Ooh, it, imagine if Chris Christie had been A.J. There would be no bother. No. If Chris Christie was A.J. Wow. That you could, that you could be sure of. No, you can't. You can't be sure of anything with, uh, with uh, Governor Christie. He's just, he runs hot and cold, and he's a big blowhard and uh, eats too many donuts. Hey, it's 10 o'clock in the morning, and I'm in the, <laughs> I'm in the studio on the radio, which is almost hard to wrap my mind around, but hopefully it won't be that hard for you to wrap your mind around, and hopefully you'll have um, an opportunity if you're a, uh, you know, a regular listen to the, listener to the station and to my show to just make that mental adjustment, okay? Just uh, you know, think uh, every morning when you wake up, I need to remember to turn Joyce on at 10 o'clock. Yeah, it's not a big deal. Um, if 10 o'clock is not a convenient time for you, we'll have our podcast up before the end of the day, and you can listen then. Just make sure you don't miss your dose, because it's like medicine. If you don't have a daily dose of me, you're, you're going to end up like psychotic. You know, things will fall apart. Um, I am the place where you get to vent in your head because of course I do all the talking but that's a good thing you know I I am here to entertain you and that's exactly what I endeavor to do Um, not just entertain you but make you think make you wonder make you question because there's not enough of that going on as a matter of fact if you're watching like traditional um, sources of information gathering because I don't even want to call stuff news anymore my grandson who's six years old sent me his first live newscast uh, on yesterday, he was at the beach, and apparently he he happened upon a sea turtle which was stranded on the shore, and he decided because he is a chip off the old block, even if it skipped the generation, he decided he would do a live broadcast about the turtle, and so his mom filmed him. Um, and he called it the water report which I said, you're not going to be able to use that because uh, that guy on Fox uses the waters thing, you know. That's actually his name. So you're going to have to come up with something else. But uh, I got to tell you, he did a better job delivering the news about the sea turtle than anybody, any anchor on any program that I tuned into this weekend who are also, um, they're just so in the tank for some of these candidates or for some of these celebrities that you have to roll your eyes. You know, um, no accurate reporting on the the border debate, none at all. It's like uh, everybody is either totally against it or they don't get to be on TV anymore. If they do bring on the occasional Center for Immigration Studies guest or the occasional uh, fair guest, they give them three minutes and then the rest of the show, hours, will be devoted to, you know, the inhumane treatment of people at the border. Now, the, the president is going down to the border or he might be there already. So, of course, uh, the unbelievable uh, uh, beta fish uh, went down there with his own protest, which is just uh, absolutely fascinating, right? Like, people follow Beto, or did they just ask Beto to speak as something that somebody else organized? I'm not really sure. 
I know that um, that Hobo thinks that beta beta is the best thing since sliced bread, but uh, most of us think he's laughable. Not quite as laughable as Aok, but laughable nonetheless. And I'll tell you, the best part about Aok's new green dream or whatever the hell he called it is that uh, she's getting a whole bunch of these left-wing lunatics to admit that they're left-wing lunatics and support this plan, which is so pathetic and makes so little sense that you have to roll your eyes. I mean, if this is their idea of good politicking, it's going to be a landslide. When I say 45 states, yeah, really. I mean, California, no. New York, no. New Jersey, no. But even the other two that I had on my list, not so sure. They got to be, people's minds have to be reeling, uh, thinking about we're not going to have airplanes. And if you're unwilling to work, you're going to get a check. It's like, wow, this is not even socialism. This is worse. You know, in socialism, everybody has to work. Here, you don't even have to work. If you're unwilling, you don't have to work. You can't make this stuff up. You really can't. You don't have to. We have been given a a gift in the fact that uh, we have a president who could care less what everybody says or what they think about him. He is on a mission, and that mission is to get as much unraveled of the, uh, the, the strangeness that went on for eight years, actually for 16, uh, maybe 24 years, where we had politicians who are bought and sold. You know, and, and here's a guy who can't be bought, and uh, he does all the selling. And if he can't sell it to you, he'll find a way around that. It's amazing to me. So he's down at the border. Beto and his crew is down at the border. Uh, I heard Bill and uh, Jen talking, and they said, well, don't worry. The only story you'll hear about is the counter-protest or, or the protest against the president. Um, and so he's going to have to do his very best to begin to get a message out that a lot of Americans agree with, but they are embarrassed. You know, they've been made to feel embarrassed about wanting a sovereign nation. They are embarrassed about their country. You know, they're, they're hooting and hollering uh, over the most ridiculous stuff you've ever... Let me put this in, in the, the most concise terms that I can today, because I really had this epiphany over the weekend, right? When looking at all the coverage of these, you know, blackface uh, accusees or, you know, these... Uh, oh, my goodness. Don't tell me they're starting to put her on television. Donna Shalala? Oh, let me, let me, like, let me get my barf bag ready here. Whew. How's that for like, she makes Eleanor Roosevelt look uh, pretty. And Eleanor Roosevelt has been in the grave a long time. And anyway, um, see, the only time I get to see that face is when, you know, that television is tuned to that station, which shall go unmentioned. But anyway, the... Real issue has to be speaking to American people about their uh, their country in a way that's positive. That I know will work. And that, I think, is what the, the method is going to be for the president. I don't know about the rest of you, but I get a ton of email solicitations from both sides. I sign up for everything. You know, yeah, Kamala Harris for president. Yay. You know, whatever. I, I'll sign up to get the... Um, fundraising information because it's really a way of gauging 
who's on first. You know, we were talking uh, before the show today, Hobo and I, about who's raised money. And he said, you know, Bernie's way ahead of everybody. And I said, yes, he is. But he's nowhere near where the president is. And that is rather um, relevant. The people running the social media and the fundraising side of President Trump's election or re-election campaign are geniuses. No, no way, no two ways about it. Every time I see a headline in one of those emails that tells me about, you know, the greatness of America, I click. I click through, you know. Um, some of us have a, a desire or need for that side of America to be fed, and he feeds it. You know, when I see a headline that condemns him, you think I'm inclined to, to click through only because I need to know what they're saying for my show. But, like, they don't have any positive message. None. Zero. You know, it's all about, like, defeating Trump. None of it's about what they want to do. And the few times they slip and show me what they want to do, I get hysterical. You know, the green dream and the nobody gets to keep their insurance. At least Barack Obama lied and said we'd all get to keep our insurance. These guys aren't even lying, right? They're telling you right now, we're going to take your insurance away. We don't care if you like it or not. Screw you and your desires. We're going to run the whole show. We're going to tell you what color to paint your roofs. We're going to tell you what you can eat and what you can't eat. We're going to tell you where you can go and where you can't go. We're not going to let you take an airplane, so plan on staying close to home. I don't know about the rest of you, but I'm not taking a you know an underground railroad uh, to, to Europe or, or to, to Alaska or Hawaii, all right? If it ain't joined by land, we're going to be screwed if they get their way. And all because of the uh, so-called carbon footprint, which I haven't noticed any of them reducing theirs. So you just you just have to you have to be alert and you have to pay attention. And if you want someone who's going to tell you uh, how the greatness of America, making it great, keeping it great, allowing it to be great. Well, that's going to be pretty much what the Trump campaign is all about. On the other hand, if you want to know everything that could possibly be wrong with America, then you'll listen to the uh, the chorus of naysayers on the Democrat side. And how many do we get two new ones this weekend, right? We got uh, whatever, Klobuchar, who nobody even knows who she is, Amy Klobuchar. Um, she's in. And then we got, uh, who else did we get? Um, Elizabeth Warren. Pocahontas is in. I could have sworn that she did this before, though. Like I, when they said it this weekend, I was like, I thought she was already in the race. Well, no, most of us thought she'd have the good sense to stay out of the race, but uh, apparently, good sense and uh, and Elizabeth Warren will never be seen in the same room together. Um, and and I just I, I can't, I, can't, I want them all to come in. I do. I want every single one of these proposed candidates from Beto Roberto O'Rourke to. Um, some of the other Looney Tunes that are hanging out there in the in the shadows. They all got to come in. Some of them, I don't even know how to pronounce their names that have declared. What's the guy's name? The the mayor, Budigeg? Budigeg? The one, the openly gay mayor from somewhere? I'm getting lost with this right now. I don't know. Budigeg, I think, is his name. Um, I, I just, I'm having a hard time believing we're going to have a president named Budigeg who I never heard of. Um, I think Amy Klobuchar? Not for nothing, but like, Really? Um, what what are you best known for, Amy? I do this for a living, so I, I know a little about everybody, including Amy Klobuchar, but um, none of it is particularly remarkable. You know, so, you know, I, I, I give up. You know, this is going to be, at least with the Republicans, when they had 17 guys, 
we all knew all 17, right? We all knew, they were all high profile um, guys, Rubio and Christie and Bloomberg. Was it Bloomberg? No, it was the uh, guy who was the former governor who unfortunately I always have trouble remembering his name, the New York governor who ran, I want to say LaGuardia, but that's really old-fashioned. Um, so at least we knew who they were, Lindsey Graham, you know, you named them, Mitt Romney. We knew who these people were. Now I'm looking at this Democrat field and like the first 10, I only know like four. And and most of them are fairly recent um Politicians, you know, Kamala Harris, nobody really knew who she was, except that she had an affair with Willie, uh, can't even remember Willie's name, <laughs> the guy who was the Oakland mayor. I guess they, there's just too many names to have to remember. I'm going to have to start taking my, what is it, the Ginkgo Biloba or something? They say that helps with that. Rocky Balboa, I don't know, some kind of thing you take to, to get your uh, memory back i don't know that i want my memory back i think i'm better off not remembering um willie's last name it's something simple too like smith or jones or right who's the the (laughs) oh my goodness kamala harris um she was brought up by a former mayor uh oh the mayor yeah yeah but it's kind of odd that we can't remember his name, right? Funny thing is, you're the first person to ever tell me that. Really? Yeah, because you said it a few years ago. Willie Brown. Yeah. Gosh, I knew that it was simple. It takes a minute, though, sometimes. Yeah, she he had an extramarital affair with the uh, with Kamala Harris. But, hey, you know, she's going to be the moral voice <laughs> for the Democrats this time around. And she's already, like, joined in with uh, AOC on this green... Green disaster. That's what I'm going to call it, the green disaster. Like every building has to be changed. In 10 years, I can't get a, I can't get an addition to the church permitted in five years. Never mind get a building revamped. It's like I don't know who they're talking about or what they're – it's just that they don't know anything is the problem. Then she had this crazy advisor, right? Oh, I need to take a break. I have to get accustomed to this new time thing. I'm, I'm, Breaks are still the same. But I, but I, I'm, I'm more, I'm more, um, not energized, but more deliberate. In this early, mo- I'm gonna ignore you all day. Oh, what a tangled web they weave when first they practice uh, blackface. But uh, you know, you watch the coverage of that story over the weekend. Whoops, I'm sorry. Is that I forgot? I'm here so early that my phone is still on. Whoops, let's uh, let's uh, silence that. Okay, thank you, thank you. I don't usually turn it off until noon. You know, some people reach me at this hour. Not anymore. I'm on the air. I'm working at 10 o'clock. I'm working until 1 o'clock. Everybody make note, right? Put it in your little uh, uh, memory bank there. Anyway, I'm watching all this coverage and the this crazy idea that somehow you can blame President Trump for the fact that some guy 30 years ago put blackface on or some guy 15 years ago sexually assaulted a woman is beyond my comprehension. It really is. I mean, you really got to be reaching and hating. You know, don't be such haters. Um, he had nothing to do with uh, Ralph Northam deciding that it would be attractive 
to uh, you know put a picture of a Ku Klux Klan wearing person and a blackface person on his uh, whatever it was uh, medical school yearbook picture. Donald Trump had nothing to do with that. He probably didn't even know who Donald Trump was at the time. If you didn't live in New York, the odds are you didn't know who Donald Trump was. Okay. And, and as far as the sexual assault on the part, now we think, now there's two sexual allegations against the lieutenant governor. Like, what does Donald Trump have to do with that? I mean, they hadn't even had the access Hollywood tape yet when this guy was, uh, you know, manhandling these women. You just, you know, stop, stop. Donald Trump had nothing to do with anybody doing blackface. Donald Trump had nothing to do with the sexual assault that may or may not have taken place. And uh, if you can't, if you can't stay with the facts, then maybe you're not a news station and maybe you should just get a Netflix subscription and stay home. You cannot, um, you can't study politics and detach from some of the racism and anti-Semitism that's really out there. So I am, uh, I'm not going to run and hide from that subject anymore. I think that one of the biggest problems in dealing with the issue of race in America today is that uh, if you're not sufficiently uh, guilty about not, you know, your white privilege, for instance, then somehow you're complicit in racism. And if you're not, if you're not actually saying, you know, that all Jews are hook-nosed, bagel-eating, whatever the uh, Farrakhan crew used to say or still says, then you might be anti-Israel, but you're not anti-Jewish. You know, that's a lie. That's a lie. And the fact that you have a radical new Muslim representative saying, uh, you know, terribly anti-Semitic and racist things and getting no attention from the leading Democrats is really a shame. And they need to be called on it. You have Democrat leaders um, not speaking out against Ilhan Omar for her vile anti-Semitism. It isn't going to go away. So Nancy Pelosi, Senator Schumer, Jerry Nadler, uh, Adam Schiff, uh, uh, Debbie Wasserman Schultz, these these people need to to open up their ears, uh, open up their eyes, and open up their minds. But they're nowhere to be found. Only four, uh, well, not even four, only freshmen... A Democratic Congressman Max Rose, who's Jewish, uh, even responded. She said, "Congresswoman," he said, "Congresswoman Omar's statements are deeply, deeply hurtful to Jews, including me. When someone uses hateful and offensive tropes and words against people of any faith, I will not be silent." Congresswoman Omar's statements are deeply hurtful to Jews, including me, implying that Americans support Israel because of money alone is offensive enough. But to go a step further and retweet someone declaring their pain at her sentiment is simply unacceptable. At a time when anti-Semitic attacks are on the rise, our leaders should not be invoking hurtful stereotypes and caricatures of Jewish people to dismiss those who support Israel. In the Democrat Party and in the United States of America, we're supposed to celebrate diversity. But that's a lie. The only diversity that gets celebrated is the kind that the left likes. Um, thank goodness Ben Shapiro, you know, is out there and uh, tweeting up a storm about some of these things. He says, well, would this be another anti-Semitic trope about the Jews paying off the Republicans? Or do you have another angle you're going by there? Uh, going for their congresswoman. 
even Brett Stevens, who I think has become pretty, pretty pathetic. Um, he's now writing for the New York Slimes. He wrote, you want to know what anti-Semitism looks like? This here. That's Ilhan Omar's tweet that it's all about the Benjamins, baby. Oh, God. Omri Seren, the national security advisor for Senator Ted Cruz, stated ironically, I agree. I eagerly anticipate every elected Democrat in the country down to city dog catcher being asked about this in the morning alongside endless articles and segments about the mainstreaming of anti-Semitism in the Democrat Party, which is what would happen if she was a Republican. And later, when she was asked whom she thought was paying off American politicians to support Israel, Omar tweeted APAC. By this time, Chelsea Clinton, whose husband is Jewish, decided she cared enough to get involved, writing, co-signed as an American. We should expect all elected officials, regardless of party, and all public figures to not traffic in anti-Semitism. She was echoed by Congressman Lee Zeldin, who added, so sick and twisted. This continued anti-Semitic trope from Omar is grossly wrong. There should be no home in U.S. politics, college campuses, or halls of Congress for any of this garbage. Now she tweets that if members of Congress support Israel, then they were bought off by Jews. Yeah, well, uh, you know, that's why, that's why I have said all along is you cannot keep isolating what you consider hate speech uh, and excluding this kind of crap that goes on against Jews all the time. You know, all I ever hear about is, oh, he's homophobic, or oh, uh, they are racist. Um, and, you know, I'm supposed to accept that even when I know that people aren't being homophobic or aren't being racist. Look, I don't know what's in uh, Governor Ralph Northam's mind. I really don't know. I mean, anybody who thinks it's okay to lay a baby down and decide what you're going to do with it is is screwed up, in my opinion, especially if they happen to be a medical professional. It makes my hair hurt. But I don't know if he's a racist, and I don't really care. As long as he doesn't uh, do anything to promote uh, you know, some kind of prejudicial behaviors or laws against black people or yellow people or whoever people then i don't care i don't care what's in his mind i don't care what's in his heart i want to know what his actions are going to be it's the same thing as saying will you be able to be a good judge or a good supreme court justice if you have a christian faith you know my faith is completely separate from Almost everything else in my life. Now, does it guide me and my behavior? Yes, it does. But is my expectation that everybody's going to ex embrace the same faith and the same level of diligence to uh, trying to conform to God's will? No. And in, and in the social sphere, in the political sphere, it's irrelevant. It shouldn't even be brought up. But it's fascinating. You couldn't possibly say anything like this about... Uh, oh, Omar, or about Rashid Talib, or about uh, Keith Ellison, or Hakeem Jeffries, you wouldn't dare say something about them being uh, Muslim. No, because it's it, that's taboo. That would be hate speech. But if they choose to say anti-Semitic things, I'm supposed to go, oh, no big deal. Or if a black member of Congress says something that's racist against a white person, I'm supposed to say, oh, uh, no big deal. 
It either is or it isn't. You're either going to have civil discourse in our nation's capital and in all of the state capitals around this country, or you're not. But you can't only have it on one side and not on the other. If the expectation is that no one's going to talk like that, then no one's going to talk like that. And if they do, they should be censured. End of story. Trust me, if a, if a congressperson, let's say Lee Zeldin, or you pick a pick a Jewish guy, Debbie Wasserman Schultz, if she came out and said, uh, you know, there's Omar, typical terrorist, what do you think would happen to their, their political career? Uh, care would make sure it was over. How about that? End it right then and there. But apparently, you know, the uh, uh, ADL, the Anti-Defamation League, well, they're just going to write editorials and articles and humph-humph-humph-humph and continue to support a party that could care less when anti-Semitic tropes come out of the mouths of their elected representatives. Don't care, don't care. And and that extends to just about everything. This whole climate thing. I, I'm sorry that I laugh every time I say it, but it is, it is bizarre. I, I'm still trying to understand why the media is running interference for AOC's uh, disaster. You know, this is not a a green new deal. This is the insane rantings of some college professor. And then he gave it to her, and she ran with it. And they're doing all the damage control, which is really uh, offensive to me. Like, why don't you just report the news and let me decide? The um, the the website, uh, her website, where they had this green dream, green deal, whatever it's called, ah, uh, up there. Really, sh- you know, they had a section. They always had the frequently asked questions section, right? And and the green New deals. Fact sheet or frequently asked questions FAQ that appears to show the real intent. Oh my goodness, you you should have heard them all arguing that that's not what it said. Of course, that's what it said, and that's why they took it down off the website. Her advisors were running a full scale operation to distract and deflect from any criticism that someone like me could have of the Green New Deal. First, saying that conservatives had circulated a handful of doctored versions of her FAQ. What? And then when that line of attack failed, that the, the posted FAQ, which suggested, among other things, a universal income, even for those, quote, unwilling to work, was an irrelevant early draft. What? Am I supposed to buy that? Irrelevant early draft? You think that would find its way into anything um, that I would have to fix my signature to? But they don't want to lay the blame where it belongs, right at the feet of AOC and her advisors who botched their own Green New Deal rollout. Instead, the media immediately starts blaming conservatives. Why are they pouncing on her plan? (laughs) Business Insider provided the best example of accusing conservatives unfairly for attacking uh, AOC's accidentally leaking a document posted to the website and, and... and unbelievable to me. They they went right straight to the media. It's truly amazing to watch the story about the Green New Deal plan turn into how Republicans are attacking her for, for wanting to provide economic security to those, quote, unwilling to work for it. The idea that the plan she talked about all day was released on accident is laughable. The leak uh, 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 was not accidental. 
Her team posted that on the Congresswoman's official website. And the members of her press team sent a pitch. I got a pitch with the frequently asked questions. And I'm not even high profile. I'm sure it was sent to National Public Radio and MSLSD, blah, blah, blah. Which, by the way, NPR posted it on their website as soon as the embargo was lifted. But I saw it. And I must admit, I, I laughed and I thought, well, this is, you know, this is great. Uh, then Kimberly Strassel wrote an article which hit the nail on the head where she said, I guess it was on Friday, where she said that once I stopped laughing, you know, I thought about what, what really was being said here. I mean, here's a, here's a person who's forced to clarify things like, oh, domestic air travel. No, we got to get away with that. Oh, an extensive overhaul of the financial system, which, uh, of course, included a uh, universal income, guaranteed income, and a multi-trillion dollar entitlement program. Free schools, free this, free that. Um, but, you know, uh, we'll, but we can print money. If we don't have enough money, we'll borrow it. And, uh, and if there's not enough to borrow, we'll print it. That's a crazy, crazy dynamic. Uh, and the point was that this mystery sheet came directly from her office. But that the, the, the regular press is not going to admit that. They keep saying, oh, this was leaked and it has nothing to do with what was really on her heart and on her mind. And that's not the thing that all these, uh, you know, Kamala Harris signed on to, Elizabeth Warren, Bernie Sanders. They all signed on to something different. Not that. <laughs> well, what did you sign on to? So, of course, she and her advisors now have to take blame for the document. And they say, oh, it was a draft. Uh, we didn't mean that. And they promise a more accurate rundown of the Green New Deal legislation. You know what? Keep your drafts. Oh, my goodness. You just, uh, sometimes you sit and, and all you can do is roll your eyes because you don't know where to begin. How, this political correctness has gone crazy. And this whole social justice warrior nonsense that goes on. This, I thought this was like a joke. I thought this was from The Onion. But in fact, it is a real story. Major League Baseball will replace the disabled list with the words injured list for the 2019 season because the term disabled is insensitive. I, I have been, you know, watching baseball since the 60s. And there has always been a disabled list as far back as I can remember. And it was like we always say, he's on the DL, right? He's on the, the disabled list. I mean, I, I we weren't making fun of him. We were just identifying something. But the uh, Major League Baseball has been playing around with the idea of renaming the injured roster in order to better reflect the condition of the players who skip games for medical or physical reasons. This is according to ESPN. I thought this was a new, you know, a story from the, you know, some, what is the other fake one? It's the onion and then there's something B. Uh, I don't know about the other one. Yeah. And, and the league is going to make the change out of concern that the term disabled for injured players falsely conflates disabilities with injuries and an inability to participate in sports. 
what the hell? I, I, I don't know for a fact, but I'm willing to bet that if I took a poll among uh, people who have a disability, a legitimate disability, maybe they qualify for disability insurance or they're on SSI. I, I bet a million dollars not one of them sits around and going, I wish they'd take that disabled list off the name of uh, Major League Baseball's uh, injured list. You know, it's really affecting my well-being and my mind, and I just don't want to be confused with an injured ball player. What the hell? Who brought this up and why? It's crazy. Uh and they're going to do it not just at the major league level, but at the minor league level. Because I'm sure everybody watches the DL uh, at the minor league, right? I don't even, I couldn't name a minor league team if my life depended on it right now. It was a time I probably could have, but not anymore. So now they're just going to rebrand. We don't want to say disabled.